Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo. We specialize in author interviews, audiobook, and podcast production, as well as the prestigious Firebird Book Awards and the Positive Change Podcast Awards. We also feature our fun and short podcast that allows authors to record their own writing tip to share on our very own Boom Bang Oh My Gosh Wow podcast, which you will find along with the rest of our offerings at speakuptalkradio.com. But for right now, I'm just so happy to share a recent and returning Firebird Book Award winning author with you. She is Donna M. Young, and her two winning books are titled When All Else Fails and The Days of Grace. Donna lives in a small Iowa town with her husband, Marty, an ordained minister who also does construction work and painting. A stage four cancer survivor, she started to write when during treatments, she could do nothing else. After decades in management positions for large companies, she suddenly had nothing to manage and asked God to guide her to a new purpose. Grateful to be alive and in order to learn more about Jesus, she now knows her purpose is to write for His glory, and she joyfully shares the gospel of grace with anyone who will listen. A licensed pastor, Donna speaks at churches, women's groups, and other Christian events. She and her husband have raised a blended family of six children, 23 grandchildren, and five great-grandchildren. Their lives have been filled with unique challenges and wonderful blessings as they have discovered more of God's exquisite love in a lost and broken world. And I am so grateful to have this opportunity again to share her with you. So welcome back, Donna. Well, hi, Pat. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. It's always fun to talk with you. I always look forward to it. So another good oh, thank you. Yeah, another good day for me. I should also update my author's bio at some point because we now have 26 grandchildren <laughs> and seven great-grandchildren. You want to know what's funny is I was just reading that. I was thinking to myself, I'm betting this is a little light on the children. <laughs> It is. It is. Um, we we have six kids, and now 26 grandkids and seven great-grandkids. They are the delight of our lives. Our um, little three-year-old granddaughter, Rhea, um, and her mommy live with us. And then our oldest son, Aaron, who had a stroke about six years ago, lives with us with three of his kids, um, Kira, Varick, and Trinity. So... We have lots of grain kids around all the time. Oh, wow. Doesn't that just make life beautiful and full and keep you young and busy? It does. It does. I used to think that I would resent it and uh, and that I would end up with no time. Well, the no time part works out, but um, but I don't resent it at all. I do have less time to write. Mm-hmm. But I keep thinking, especially for little Rhea, who's only three, they're only that little ones. Yep. So... So I write a little when I can, and my newest book, um, The River of Tears, is taking longer than I thought it would. Well, sure, there's only so much you can do, but I agree the important part of life, I think, especially your little one, is to spend time with them. And, and what a gift for them to learn from their grandparents that you know they would never have had this opportunity before, and it's such a rich gift. Oh, I know, I know. You know, and, oh, she is so smart. I mean, I'm going to sit here and brag. All my grandkids are smart. But I'll tell you what, this little one, between her mommy working with her and grandma and grandpa working with her, yeah. um, by the age of two, she knew all of her ABCs, her numbers, colors, shapes, 
everything. She's just the smartest little thing. And when I took her to Launchpad the other day, which is a children's play center and and children's museum in Sioux City, um, she was teaching a little boy about her age how to climb up on all the big climbing things, taking him by the hand and leading him around and teaching him. And I just had to smile at what a kind soul she is. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's so proud to see that little one walking around, three years old, helping other children. It's a, it's a beautiful heart. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love all of this. All right, my friend, two books. Let's talk, let's start with, with All Else Fails. That was your very first book, right? It sure was. Um, when All Else Fails is my cancer journey and my faith journey. Mm-hmm. I tell people that, um, when my husband married me, I asked him, why do you want to marry me? You know, I'm a horrible person and he wanted to do it anyway. Do you know, um, I was the pastor's wife and I, truly didn't believe that God loved me. Um, I was pretty sure there was a God, but I didn't believe he loved me due to things that had happened to me in my childhood and and in my life as a young woman. And I felt like he just hadn't been there. Later, when I was diagnosed with cancer and given three to six months to live, I started slowly realizing through reading the Bible that I've read a thousand times and those certain scriptures that had never really stuck in my heart. You know, I had it memorized in my head, but they had never really made their way to my heart. Those scriptures, the ones about his love for us and the sacrifice that he made for us, those then began to penetrate my heart. And for the first time in my life, and that was when I was 56 years old, I suddenly realized that he does love me mm-hmm. and that he was going to save my life. I started telling all the doctors and nurses that, no, no, I'm not going to die. God has a plan for me. It got to the point that whenever I would walk into a room at the cancer center, eyes would roll. Oh, People, people would look at each other with that look, you know, that oh, here comes the crazy lady look. Oh. And... When one day I came in because they did scans every three months because the cancer that I had was so rapid growing and it had already permeated my body that they were so sure I was going to die that one day when I went in and had my PET scans, the doctor came back to me later and said, we can't figure out what's going on. We've been calling all the cancer centers around the nation trying to figure out what this is. And I said, what what is and he said um three of the tumors in your body the ones on the right side seem to have these little halos around them oh and i looked at him and i said how can you say halos and not know what's going on the next time i come in for a scan those tumors will be gone and he said oh donna you need to get your feet on the ground I keep telling you, you need to prepare your family for what's coming. And I said, but God. The next time I went in for scans, those tumors were gone, and the ones on the left side all had halos around them. Oh, Donna. 
I mean, it was such a miracle. And there were people at the cancer center who came to know Jesus because of that miracle. Mm-hmm. We were able to pass out Bibles and uh, and positive books about the Lord and that sort of thing. I hadn't written a book yet at the time, at least not one that was published. But I had been starting to write When All Else Fails. Well, then, when I finished When All Else Fails, oh, gosh, try to get a book published if you've never been published before. Um, try to get anybody to read it if it's a Christian book, especially if you're applying... Um, for agents or publication companies um, telling them that it's a Christian book. And it was by chance one day that through a Christian magazine that I subscribed to, um, a certain publishing company was having a contest. Send us the first 50 pages of your book and, and someone may win an opportunity to have a book published. Well, that happened, and then, oh gosh, it was six or seven months later that I got a phone call. And in the meanwhile, I had, um, oh gosh, I had uh, sent letters out, query letters, to agents and publishing companies galore. Uh, but the majority of them were secular companies and just weren't interested in anything that was Christian-based. And... And I would get phone calls back because once you get out there, then all of a sudden every self-publishing company Mm -hmm. in the world that wants you to pay them $10,000, you know, and they'll publish your book no matter what it is and give you 100 copies of it to pass out to your family and friends, um, those people are all calling you by then. And I had gotten so used to answering the phone and saying, no, thank you. No, thank you. I don't have $10,000. I don't have $5,000. I'm a pastor's wife, and I do not have money to self-publish. Um, and how would I even know if the book is good if I self-publish it? Then am I just being vain? You know, here, I'm just going to have a published book, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, one day I get a phone call, and a woman says to me, Hi, is this Donna? Yes, this is Donna Young. Um, Well, I'm calling because uh, I'm from so-and-so publishing company, and uh, your book, and I said, oh, no, please, please. I'm right in the middle of writing. I have a really busy day, and I don't have time for this, and I know you're only doing your job, but I'm going to have to let you go, so God bless you, and I hung up. And then she called me right back, and I said, oh, for heaven's sake, young lady, I know you're only doing your job, but I don't have time for this, and I don't have any money, okay? So you have a great day, goodbye, and I hung up again. And she called right back and said, please, please, don't hang up on me. (laughs) No, I'm calling to tell you, you won. We, We want to publish your book for free. And anything else that you write. Oh, my gosh. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> so what is this going to cost me? No, no, you won. Do you remember? You entered a contest in so-and-so magazine, and you've won. And I said, I, okay, <laughs> all right, I'm going to need more details. By this time, I was pretty cynical. Yes. Well, 
she gave me all the details, and they actually published my first two books, oh. When All Else Fails, and then the first book in my trilogy, Redemption, mm-hmm. that have both won Firebook, yes, or Firebird Book Awards for you guys. And um, then they had, I won't go into all the things that, that when you go through a publishing company, the, the toll it takes on your life, and the amount of money that they give you per book versus what they keep and the amount of time you end up waiting when you need books, when you're going to have a book signing and that sort of thing. So we won't go to all those places. Uh, I finally decided to start uh, publishing my own books, but instead of doing it through a self-publishing company that charges you a bunch of money, I just became a publisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then through uh, being my own publisher, then I pay for uh, the editing, the uh, the layouts, and the and you know getting everything set up for the book. And then I make a little bit more of a profit than I would if I was just allowing a publishing company to take care of it. And I have found out I'm um, I'm fairly competent at that. So. So that works out a lot better for me. And then I get all the supplies that I need in plenty of time for my book signing. Right. right. Well, once you receive that validation, I think, that your book won the contest, and after the two being published by that group, then you are confident to say, okay, my work is good. Let me control it rather than be controlled. Right. Exactly. And my husband actually said to me at one point, usually he's sitting here when I'm doing an interview with you, mm-hmm. but today he's doing a funeral, so he couldn't be here. Anyway, he one day said to me, do you know what? When you sit down to write, you always pray first, and you've always told me that it's not you writing the book, it's God writing the book. Um, you're just typing it out, and when you go back and read it later, you're always amazed at the words God's given you to write. So what would make you think that... God's writing wouldn't be good enough to win an award. Oh, wow. I love that. I know. I it, That just sort of blew me away. I thought, oh. you're right. I don't take credit for any of my writing. I know that it's words that God wants me to put down. I know that that's why he kept me alive, is because he wanted me to write for his glory. And that's exactly what I'm doing. So why wouldn't he want the glory for that? <gasps> Oh, I love your husband. I know, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that is very, very wise. I, I it's so profound and right in your face too, right? Right, yeah. right. And sometimes I need right in my face. <laughs> You know? Oh my gosh. So that was your first book, When All Else Fails, just just chronicled your journey and and then there was several books, the trilogy in between. And then the Days of Grace, right? Right. And the Days of Grace, my sister Robin actually gave me that name. Um, She read the first part of the book as I was writing it. And she said, oh, I have the perfect name for this book, The Days of Grace. And I said, oh, that sounds so trite. And she said, no, The Days, D-A-Z-E, of Grace, because the name of the protagonist in this book is, is Gracie. Right. And I thought, oh, that's perfect. So in the beginning of that book, I write something as a tribute to her. 
Wow. And um, Robin has had, well, I have to say all the kids in my family have had a difficult row to hoe, mm. you know. Um, we all grew up in the same house uh, with with the same parents, the, the drinking, the physical abuse, and, and other things that I talk about in my books. And, um, and my sister Robin is a poet. She writes the most beautiful poems. She just read one to me this morning that made me cry. Uh, we went out and did a memorial service for my baby sister, Bobby. Um, I think I told you about her yes. during our last visit yes. where Bobby had gotten cancer and passed away on Christmas Eve. Yes. And so in May, we drove out there. We had to wait till May to wait till the snow was gone from the mountains uh, because we're in Iowa and they're in Oregon. And um, so we had a nice visit with my sister, Robin, and she wrote a poem for the memorial service that just, ugh. Gosh, it tore my heart out. It was so beautiful. But Has she published? And no. Well, yes and no. She has actually won a couple of contests for her poems. Uh-huh. But I have told her that someday we need to put a bunch of your poems together in a book. Yes. And, you know, by categories and just have your book published. I said, you know, I am a publishing company. That's right. With you in her back pocket, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. And then, and you guys have a poetry category too. Yes, we do. Um, I just need to get her motivated to get all those poems together, you know, so that we can do something with them. Oh, well, have her listen to this conversation where I say, come on, let's do it. I'm in your corner. <laughs> and she will too. She'll listen. She always <laughs> listens to my interviews with you. So. All right. But the Days of Grace. Um, is based in large part, and I've told you this before, a lot of the protagonists in my books, I take bits and pieces of my childhood and um, and my years as a young woman, and those are interwoven through these stories. Um, my, my younger life was not filled with Christ, though I know that he saved me countless times. He had plans for me, plans that I didn't know about, but we had a pretty messed up childhood, and and my younger years were not devoted to the Lord, for sure. Mm-hmm. And so this, this protagonist um, starts off in such a way, and, um, and a lot of the stories from my childhood are in there, though, though I've written it as fiction, of course. And um, and when you get to the end of this book, you will be glad that there is a sequel. And that's what you're working on now? Nope, nope. That one's already out as well, Abounding Grace. Oh, okay. Right. So Grace Abounding is uh, the sequel to The Days of Grace. And I actually had people call me on the phone and say, uh, you cannot leave this this way. There has to be a sequel. And I went and reread the book, and I said, oh, gosh, yeah, there has to be a sequel. <laughs> so then I sat down and wrote a book. Um, in between those two, I wrote Monsters, which you may see at some point. <laughs> I saw that on your website, and I was intrigued. So, yeah, that one came in between. And then I had to go back and read The Days of Grace again. As I said, I'm not actually the one writing the words, even though I'm mm-hmm. typing them out. 
So I usually have to go back through and read the books that I've written to remember what I've written. <laughs> I, I think actually everybody should do that, especially if you're going to write a sequel. You really need to be mindful of what you just said, because I think a lot of people are kind of on automatic pilot in one way or the other when they're writing. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if you're not, that's why people get writer's block. I've yes. had people ask me before, um, don't you get writer's block? No. No. Because I'm not the one writing. Mm -hmm. Wow, I love that. So you've gotten a lot of good feedback on all of your books. I have. The only one that I've ever gotten really any negative feedback on is um, my, was it the last or second to the last, I'm not sure, the book that I wrote, God. Oh, with um, the question marks on the cover? Right, yes. right. And that's because, um, well, my husband and I have been in ministry for decades, and over the years lots of people have asked us questions, and so I compiled a bunch of those questions and answered them from the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, now, since a lot of them are very controversial questions, the answers that are directly from the Bible are things that some people don't want to hear. Right. Um, I answer those questions in a very loving way, but biblically. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of people don't want to hear those answers. Right. So, uh, so I have gotten some negative feedback, as a matter of fact, some hate mail, because on my website I have my mailing address, my telephone number, uh, my email address, and so on. And I have actually gotten very hateful uh, messages from some people, but uh, to a minor degree. The majority of the feedback I've gotten has been very positive. Yeah. But then you get those people who didn't want to hear those answers. So Ugh. I feel, though, that that's a book God wanted me to write. And if somebody has a problem with the answers, then so be it. They can take that up with the big guy, I guess. huh? Well, actually, first of all, I'm always stunned when I hear something like that. I can't imagine reading something I didn't care for and then feeling I had to lash out at the author is like, okay. But on the second side to that, maybe when people have such a visceral response to something, hopefully it haunts them and it causes them to pause and think and maybe reevaluate or at least let it tickle their brain a little as to why they might have responded in such a way. And then maybe if they hear answers like that in the future from other sources, maybe then it begins to make an impact Hopefully. Sure. We can pray that that is what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, what I, my response normally to people back is, um, I will keep you in prayer. And, you know, if you don't like the answers, please research it yourself. Mm -hmm. Go and look it up. Yep. If you don't believe the Bible to be true, then you won't care what my answer is to anything. Right. Or anyway, right. you know. Right. Um, because my answers are biblical. Right. I've always found, actually, that anytime you get something negative from someone that requires a response, I always think about it for a good long while before I send off that knee-jerk response. And then, if you and then if you respond, though, with kindness, it hits them in such a way that they're not sure if you're stupid because you didn't get what they were saying to you, or, you know, it just throws them off balance. There's no way that they can re-respond to that. So... Um, I, I always say respond with kindness and uh, you're done. Right, right. And all we can do is hope, like you just said a moment ago, that perhaps it elicits some kind of a 
uh, reaction from them that makes them think, mm-hmm. makes them want to look it up and do their own research, and maybe change their mind a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So maybe getting a negative response is not necessarily a bad thing. It feels bad when it happens, but maybe for that person... It isn't. And maybe for us, it isn't either, because it allows us, as I said, for me, I've got to stop and think, what kind of person do I want to be? What does this mean to me? What might it mean to them? And respond with kindness. So I think it could very well be a learning and growth experience for both parties. Yes, I agree. I agree. Oh, my gosh. So within all of your books, is there a theme, message, what do you want your readers to come away with? What is your overarching goal when you write your books? Always a theme. And the theme is no matter what you came from, because all of my books are very gritty, and they usually start off with a protagonist that hates the Lord for some reason, doesn't believe in God, um, or maybe feels a negative reaction toward God because of things that have happened in their life, and so they want nothing to do with them. All of my protagonists start off somewhere in that area, and then the book, the book journals their growth, their realization that God loves them, and they're coming to Christ. Mm -hmm. I have known so many people in my life who are angry at God because they've lost someone that they love, or they had a terrible childhood. How can there be a God and he allowed me to go through that? Or they, um, or they, like I said, they've lost someone that they love or, or had a, a horrible loss of some other kind, a job, a home, whatever. People, uh, we all tend to be a little fickle, don't we? I mean, as long as God is doing good things for us, even if we don't believe in him, then we're okay with the idea that he might be out there. But the minute something happens in our lives that causes us to have to sacrifice or suffer in any way, uh, then maybe he doesn't exist at all. Maybe he hates me. Maybe he doesn't care what happens to me. I've met very few people in my life that from the first day of their life to the moment that I talked to them have never had a moment where they wondered if God loves them, or wondered if he even exists. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the push in all of my books, the theme of all of my books is get to know the Lord, get to know him because he is good, and he's good all the time, whether something good or bad is going on, because there's always a reason Mm -hmm. for what he's doing. You know, even when we lose a loved one, just recently we lost someone um, from a, church where we used to pastor, and that's the funeral that Marty is doing today. And this person passing away, you know, people are sad about that. But while we visited him, he came to know the Lord. Do you know, he had been a member of that church for over 50 years, but he had never asked Jesus to be his Savior. He always told everybody, yeah, I know the Lord, I know the Lord, and so on. But then you go visit them in the hospital when they're on their deathbed, mm-hmm. and they go, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure I'm going to heaven. No, I've never asked Jesus to be my Savior. And so you lead them in a prayer, and then the look of relief, the look of, <sighs> of pure joy on their face, 
that now they know where they're going to be when they leave this place. And while he was there, after he gave his life to the Lord, because of the change in him, a nurse came to know the Lord. Sure. If, if the death of that person causes one more person to come into the kingdom, then how can that ever be a bad thing? Mm -hmm. You know, if you know Jesus, life is eternal. So he ha he's not gone. He's just changed locations. Mm -hmm. We'll all see him again, you yes, know? I do know. Oh, I love that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, Donna. Yeah. And, uh, and I had to tell them that I won't be there for the funeral, but I will be there later. Mm -hmm. And... Um, because it's very important to do this, too. Oh, we could have and, changed this. You could have switched this with me. Oh, but they all understood. Okay. And and I'll be there for the reception all right. afterward. All right. Yeah. Well. And I would have just cried at the funeral. <laughs> I understand. All right. Well, at least you're not crying with me. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, as we begin to wrap up, anything that we missed that you wanted to highlight? Oh, um, well, my website, DonnaMYoungWriting.com. Um, I always like to make sure everyone hears that a couple of times, DonnaMYoungWriting.com. Um, I'm working on a new book called River of Tears, and it will be based um, around the time of the Trail of Tears. Uh, do you remember me telling you that when I wrote Steps to the Cross, it was because I had gone to Ancestry.com mm -hmm. and found out that through the Jewish side of my family, we had 11 family members that were killed in Treblinka, too. Yes, I remember that conversation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, um, looking through Ancestry.com even more, I have also discovered that we are 26% Cherokee and Choctaw Indian. Oh. A, a combination of the two. And... So I started doing a little more research there, and I think this will be a, a really great book. However, it's taking me a while, <laughs> three-year-old three in the house. But um, I love talking to you, and I hope we will get another opportunity, and then we can talk about that more. Um, I love the work that you do and the positive effect that you have on people and places and and presence of mind for the things that are going on in this world today, the things we need to be paying attention to, the people that we need to be giving extra love and extra time to. Oh, I appreciate your saying that, especially coming from you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. But you know what? God sees what you're doing, too. And I'll tell you what, I will tell you what, Pat, there is going to be a well done, thou good and faithful servant coming to you when it's time for you to pass on into glory. I can't wait to hear that myself. Oh, my. Tear, you know? I've got tears in my eyes here. Thank, thank you. Wow. What a day for me. I knew it. All right, my friend. Oh. Two books from Donna M. Young, When All Else Fails, The Days of Grace, both Firebird Book Award winning book titles that everyone needs to get a hold of. Obviously, through this conversation, you are an inspiration. 
head over to DonnaMYoungWriting.com. You are just the best. I always enjoy our time together. You make me feel good, even though I have got a few tears in my eyes right now. But I thank you for being you and for being here with us today. And I thank you for being you, Pat. And thank you for this opportunity to to talk about my books and and to talk about the Lord. There aren't many people that will let you do that anymore. (laughs) And, And God bless you. I want you to take care of yourself and and guard yourself against times to come and keep doing what you're doing. It is so greatly appreciated. You are just so wonderful. Oh, and I feel the same about you. Thank you, Donna. 